Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. All right, we're diving into a new series called Stories. And really, um, we're, we're diving into the parables of Jesus. Uh, we call the, the series Stories because that's what parables are, is they're small little stories that Jesus tells that illustrate a point. And often, they go back into his major teaching in the Sermon on the Mount and say, hey, this is what I meant. I hope you can apply it to your life. Okay, he's the master object lesson teacher. This is who Jesus is, and this is what he does, and he's, he's excellent at it. In fact, if you were in high school and you studied world lit, um, if you got to read anything about Jesus in, in school like I did, it was only in a public school environment, it was probably parables. It would have been prodigal son, or it would have been uh, some of the ones that we're going to cover in this time. Why do we cover those? Because his teaching, in the way in which he does it in parables, changes the way in which teaching is done for all of humanity. That's how important these are, how, how world-changing they are. And not to mention the spiritual ramifications of them, but also just on the, the basis of, of how he brings that into the light, how he teaches people, how he, he does that. And so these object lessons, these stories that he's going to tell are very important for us to understand uh, who he is and what he's trying to get us to understand in life. And so uh, I want you to join with me in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He's going to talk about uh, foundations today. He's going to talk about the wise and the foolish builder. Uh, parables make it into our normal life so many times. There's probably some of these parables we're going to talk about. If you're not too familiar with your Bible, uh, you're going to go, huh, I didn't even know that was Jesus. Because there's so many times uh, in random TV shows, in books that you read, in just little snippets uh, found in culture, people are actually hearkening back to a parable. They may not even actually know what they're talking about. Um, Often in like the Netflix shows, there's a, there's a moment where they're like quoting scripture and they have no idea why they're quoting scripture. And, uh, and it's totally out of context and totally taken the wrong way, but it's still scripture. Um, and so I think you're going to probably find some of these parables are going to go, huh, I didn't know that was there. Uh, and so that's, that's for you this morning and uh, keep your eyes out for that. But we're talking about the wise and the foolish uh, builder this morning. And it's just an interesting object lesson for Jesus because everyone would have known Hey, if you build a bad foundation, the house is going to probably fall apart. And everybody kind of knows that. Anybody who's built a, you know, a stick fort in their backyard has figured out, oh, probably should have put the big ones at the bottom instead of the top. Like, we, we figure these things out sometimes the hard way, right? And so uh, Jesus, being a, uh, his stepfather being a carpenter, would have seen foundations being built, and he would have started to understand these things. Now, I want to take you into the context of what a carpenter would have looked like in first century Israel. Uh, we're not talk- when I think of a carpenter, I think of Tom Tootin, who goes and builds houses or buildings, or, and he runs to Home Depot and Menards and gets everything he needs, to comes back with his truck, and boom, 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 there is a three-story house in a matter of you know, days. Well, first century Israel, no Home Depot. 
No Menards, nothing like this, right? Uh, if you found a piece of wood, then you had to strip the bark. You had to cut it, hewn it to size. You had to do all the fun stuff to it, and you had to figure it out. Uh, and also, first century Israel, there's not a lot of trees. When I think of Israel, and I've been there, you don't think of trees. You don't think lush. You don't, this is not here. Like, if they would have seen shorewood, if someone from Israel just came to visit, and they came to shorewood, like, <gasps> these oak trees that are on the back of our property, like, oh, I could build like 18 things with that. And we're like, eh, it's just a nuisance, and we get little helicopters everywhere. It's a different kind of mindset, and it was a different kind of mindset in first century. Really, Joseph probably was like just a builder, and we... Europeanize that to go, oh, he must be a carpenter then because we think of a builder is someone who builds with wood. Does that, does that make sense? And so um, while Joseph probably did work with some sort of wood, he probably was closer to a stonemason. And so Jesus would have been very, very, very comfortable and understanding of, of how foundations work. You also see Jesus uh, uses a lot of time the keystone or, or the, the cornerstone. He, they use this idea of stonework because everyone understands what the, holds the arches together? What holds the building together? Why are these important? Um, And so when he chooses to talk about foundations, he's stepping into his own life experience, but he's also stepping into what people around him would have known. I was on a mission trip uh, in uh, Mexico, and we spent, uh, we had to hand mix the cement, which was why they brought, uh, let eighth grade Jared go to Mexico. Um, because there's no other reason why I should have been on that, that trip. Uh, definitely wasn't mature enough. And so we had to hand mix all the cement for the foundation of that. And it was ridiculously hard work. We're building a house for a family and hand mixing the cement. And we spent, we were there for five days. We spent probably four days mixing cement for, and, and letting the, the cement cure and doing all that stuff. And like a day, we built the rest of the house. Because foundation work is important work. It's important work. It's, it's what sets the rest of the project up. If you have a faulty foundation, it doesn't matter how pretty your interior design is. It doesn't matter what your color palette is. It doesn't matter how, what shade of blue your pillows are. It won't matter because the house will fall over. Right? We've, I've done other mission projects where... You go, oh, you just need me to do that? Cool. And you build your nice square wall on the floor, and, you, and you're like, oh, yeah, we'll just slap it up, and it'll be good to go. And then you put it up onto the foundation next to the other things, and because you built a perfect rectangle, it should fit the other perfect rectangles. And then you find that the, the foundation's actually at a 45-degree angle, and your perfect little square or rectangle is not going to do anything. Because if you put all these things together on a rocky or sandy or messy foundation, you're going to have a just mess of a building. The joys of mission work. I know all of you want to go do a mission project now. Uh, But it's just just hard stuff because you've got to get your foundation right before you can take the next step um, in, in life. And so today we're talking about that. Jesus does this. He uses the foundation work as the capstone of the Sermon on the Mount. Today's uh, parable comes at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. He starts out the Sermon on the Mount with going, I want you to be salt. I want you to be light of the world. This is who I want you to be. 
I want you to flavor everyone's life. I want you to illuminate everybody's steps. This is who you are called by God to be. That's how he, he grabs the attention of the people that he's talking to. This is my goal. If you apply the things that I'm, I'm telling you, you get to be salt and light to the world. And so he's ending this whole message. He started with that. He's ending this whole message with this parable. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. When Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. And because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Following Jesus forms the foundation of life change. Following Jesus forms the foundation of life change. When we submit ourselves to who God is and who Jesus is trying to raise us to be, that forms the foundation to make all the other changes in life. I was, last year at this time, the roof blew off one of the dugouts at Whiteford, the baseball diamond. And so me and and the president were trying to put the roof back on the dugout. Because, of course, we had a baseball tournament that started in like six hours. And he's a professor and I'm a pastor, so we're off to a great start now to build something, right? And so uh, both of us could, could write our way out of this problem, but we could not do the math for it, right? And so we're working towards it and we're trying to get the roof back on. And we've, um, we've conscripted some high school students to, to help us and, and uh, they were basically the, the, the muscle um, for it. And we got it all ready to go, and we thought we had it right, and we, 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 we thought we did some stuff until I put the sheet metal on the roof. And the funny thing about putting sheet metal on a roof is everything's got to be perfectly square. Your foundation has to be perfect, or the sheet metal doesn't work. So my solution to that was hammering out some of the curves on the sheet metal to make it. It's not the best choice. But anyway, it worked out, and we got a roof on the thing. But it all the problem was the foundation wasn't secure. It wasn't perfectly flush. Now, the, basically, the tornado that hit it the night before probably was part of the problem of that. But if we're going to do any more roof work in our life, if we're going to do work on our walls, if we're going to work on our marriages, if we're going to work on our, um, our, our the way in which we raise our kids, if we're going to try to figure out how to live lives of integrity, if we're going to do any of those things in our lives, those are the walls and the roofs of our lives, we've got to make sure that the foundation is set up right. Because if it's sand, it doesn't matter how much we work on our marriage. It's still going to be really rocky. If our foundation is sand, it doesn't matter how many times we're like, I'm going to quit smoking today. I'm going to quit smoking today. I'm going to quit. Oh, I need a cigarette. Right? That's just how it goes. If our foundation isn't strong, those are the things that are going to happen. How many times have you like, I'm going to stop losing my mind on my kids. I'm going to stop yelling at them. I'm going to, today is the day. We're stopping. We're not going to do it anymore. Ah! Right? I lasted 30 seconds. It's an improvement over yesterday. Uh, it's a, if you don't set the foundation correctly, you can't make those life changes well. If you're wondering why I keep on failing at these things, 
It's probably why the foundation's not set right. The following Jesus forms the foundation of our life change. If our foundation is built on anger, lust, lying, or greed, it will fall apart. If our foundation is built on anger, lust, lying, or greed, it will fall apart. All of these things are what he had talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. Right? He had systematically gone through each one. This is what this means. This is what it looks like. This is how you get over that. If your foundation is built on these rough things, your foundation will fall. And these are things that we, we often built our lives on before we have Jesus in our lives. We build our foundation on our own control, what we can get, how we can protect ourselves instead of on Jesus. Another part of this is of our foundation. This is tricky. Yvonne and I argued about this last night. Not really argued, but went, hmm, how are we supposed to write this for the, the notes in the app? If you have the app, you can have all the notes and, and you, you cheat. You don't even have to write anything down. Um, if our foundation is built on prayer, fasting, and generosity, it will fall. Now, that sounds weird, right? But I'm supposed to pray. I'm supposed to fast. I'm supposed to be generous. You are. However, those are the walls of faith, not the foundation of faith. And I'll tell you what I mean. Uh, a couple years ago, a couple years ago, I was really wanting a, a, a certain thing. I was praying for a certain thing to happen. And I was like, okay, okay. And Kelly was, was in with me, and, and we were, she was doing this thing and invited me to be a part of it. And it was like this 30-day prayer uh, every morning at 6 a.m. Now, if you know me well, you know God doesn't want to talk to me at 6 a.m. Right? Nobody, nobody wants to talk to me at 6 a.m. The only person who can talk to me at 6 a.m. is probably Lucy, my three-year-old daughter. And that's just because she's really cute. All right? So, uh, and she better be wanting to snuggle, or, or I don't want to talk to her either. <laughs> if our, sorry. But so we're doing this 30-day prayer uh, fast type thing at 6 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm like, okay, well, if I pray at 6 o'clock in the morning for an hour for a month, God's going to give me what I want. I got done with that. About a month later, I'm like waiting. I'm like checking the Amazon UPS tracking. When's, when's God going to show up and give me what I wanted? Any day now. I paid for one day shipping. And it never happened. I got really frustrated with God. Really frustrated with God. And about October that year, God smacked me upside the head and said, hey, guess what? You didn't pay for anything with your prayers. That's not how this works. And I had a little pity party, and it was a pretty rough time for my life. But I did come away with that going, wait a minute. I created the foundation of my faith being what I can control, what I can do. If I fast enough, God's going to be like, well, he's hungry, so I'm going to give him what he wants. It's, this is such a two-year-old mindset of faith. If I, give me what I want. That's not how this works. So if I, if I see prayer as something, as if I just pray enough, God's going to, you know, pull the slot machine. One of these times I pray, yes, all apples, I got it. Right? That's not how that prayer works. Or if I fast, I'm going to guilt Jesus into giving me what I want. Or if I give enough money, I'm going to buy a blessing. Those all, Prayer, fasting, generosity, fantastic, wonderful things. Those are the walls of our spiritual life, not the foundation. 
who our master is in Jesus Christ as Lord of our life is the foundation of our faith. And residing in who he calls us, he calls us a child of God. He calls us redeemed. He calls us bought with a price of his blood and his broken body. That is who we are. That becomes the foundation of our life. Our response is to build fun walls of prayer and fasting and generosity. Does this start to make sense? Because that's tough. And it's like, oh, I've been doing it wrong. Yeah, maybe it's okay. Get over the guilt trip. You'll be all right. Just recognize that maybe you've been trying to guilt Jesus into giving you what you want. Because it's, it's a really freeing experience to recognize that and go, oh, I've been guilty of that once or twice. Because it's real easy to look at, look at God and be disappointed when he doesn't give you what you want. But are you making the foundation of your life like something you can control or manipulate God? Or are you saying, God, you are my master. I am your child. And now let's build a life. That is a shift that we have to make. If we're going to be the salt and light that he's called us to be. Following Jesus provides the foundation to weather storms. Following Jesus provides the foundation to weather storms. Now, I think we all can agree that the COVID storm has been a pretty crazy storm in our lives. That uh, the ways in which our job works, the ways in which church works. I mean, the very foundation of how we do church is so different, right? We're trying to rewrite the story as we go along. How we do our jobs, how we raise our kids, what in the world is school going to look like in a few weeks, right? This has been a storm, and I don't want to make you all depressed, but there's going to be a storm after this storm. There's going to be a, we don't know what our jobs are going to look like. We don't, e-learning's coming back, right? It has to, like in some form, it's got to come back in some way. And the storms of life are just going to come in a different time. If we don't have a firm foundation, maybe our foundation was firm enough to handle the first storm, but you give me another one and I'm getting pretty shaky, right? You give me one after that, I don't know what's going to happen. Following Jesus provides the foundation to weather the storm. And so we've got to um, solidify that Jesus is master of our life. What does that mean to me? What does that mean for me? How does that change how I manage my schedule? How does that change how I manage my day? How does that change my priorities in life? Following Jesus provides the foundation to weather the storms. Following Jesus is the foundation of freedom. Following Jesus is the foundation of freedom. When you're in high school, you look at all the rules of Jesus and you're like, ugh. And the question that high school students and junior high students ask of their youth pastors all the time is, well, where is the line for sin? Because I want to do as much as I possibly can do to get away with before, like, I'm going to hell. That's just, that's like the, the what a teenager does. But it's the wrong question. It's just the wrong question because the teenager is asking how much, they're, in, they're wired to ask, how much freedom can I actually have? Because my parents are telling me this, da, 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 this, and da, 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 this, and, and so how much is, Jesus is kind of like a parent figure in this, in this moment, so how much freedom can I have with, 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 with Jesus? And they're, they're asking the wrong question. We do the same thing, I think, as grown adults as well. It's like, where's, where's my freedom? How much, how much lust is too much lust? How much lying is too much lying? How much, uh, you know, fibbing is, is where, does the, where does it turn into a, 
an integrity issue. How do I deal with all these things? And so we look at Jesus maybe as someone who's pulling us back all the time or holding us back. In fact, his foundation of freedom is, listen, if you call me master, I've made your choices for you. I know people in my life are just paralyzed by choices, right? If you have too many choices, I can't make a decision. I can't buy this. I can't do that. I can't. I've just, choices cause anxiety. They're a very stressful thing because what happens if you choose the wrong thing? But if Jesus is truly master of our life, a lot of our choices have already been made for us. Should I take this job? Well, is it honoring God? Is it providing a better way for your family to, to be together? And to grow together, and can you be a better parent because of this job? No, it's just more money. But you're going to be away from your family all the time? Yeah. And you know it's going to cause stress with your wife? Yeah. Is the money worth it? But it's more money. I get a boat. But is it going to cause, (laughs) like, the priorities have already been aligned, right? Is it going to draw me closer to God? I'm going to have to work every Sunday. That's a big, that's a big, now there is online church. You can get around that. But hold on a second. Should I date this girl? Should I date this man? Do they follow Jesus? Do they respect you? Do they respect your, um, your code of ethics? Do they respect this? Not really, but they're cute. Wait a second. Following Jesus, see, there's freedom in that because I don't even have to think about that. That's, like, that's a no. That's a no. That's a no. Awesome. Now I know where I'm supposed to go. In having that foundation, we have freedom to be who we want to be, be Um, be the person that we're striving to be and not get sidetracked in all the random weird things. That freedom is a tough choice of the moment, right? We have to give up freedoms to be safe in some ways. Us wearing masks this morning is a freedom. Yeah, they're not comfortable. Yeah, if you drank coffee, you're really regretting your choice this morning. It is what it is. But it's also, hey, we want to gather together. So the, the cost-benefit analysis of that is I want to see some of you, even if it all looks like you're going to rob me after this. But we want to be together. We want to share together. And not to guilt trip anybody that's at home today. It's just we want, we want back to some sort of normalcy in that, to be the body of Christ and together and to share um, our lives together. We just have to take the appropriate steps of that so that we can live out in freedom. The foundation issue is a master issue. We've been talking about this for weeks. It's a kurios. It's a master. It's a lordship issue of our lives. Who is Lord? Is money Lord of your life? Is everything that you, your decision-making process based on how much money you can make? Is it lust? Is it how much pleasure you can get? Is it laziness? What's going to be the least path of resistance in my life? That's the one I'm going to go with. Or is it Jesus? Following Jesus is the foundation for life change, for freedom in our lives. It is the foundation that says, hey, you are Lord of my life. And so out of that, all decisions are made. Out of that, all my steps are ordered. Because you've called me to be salt and light to the world. And that's who I want to be. I want to bring flavor to the world and I want to illuminate people's steps. And if that's my calling, that's who I am going to be then i got to have Jesus as the foundation and the Lord of my life. Matthew 6, 
or yeah, 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Our foundation is not made, of, made up of what we do or have done. Our foundation has to be God. Our foundation is not made up of what we do or have done. Our foundation has to be God. Now, this is hard because you can think back 10 years and like, I did this once, but um, you're not that anymore. This is what happens when we make things that are supposed to be walls our foundation. Our foundation is not made up of what we do or have done. Our foundation has to be God. And you know this is a problem because what happens in your life and in your psyche if you lose your job? What happens in your life, in your psyche, if you lose a child? What happens if your marriage falls apart? Those are terrible things in your life. But if our foundation is Jesus, that supplies the foundation to weather those storms. If we've made our spouse our foundation, that's going to be a problem. If we've made our job our foundation, that's going to be a problem. If we've even made our kids our foundation, that's going to be a problem. Those are hard words. And it's really difficult when you look around and you go, hey, you know what? My foundation just graduated and they're moving. Oh, crud. (laughs) Now what do I do? And there's some self-evaluation. And that's, you've seen probably some shows where they are, there's a, Texas flip and move, I don't know what it is, but they jack up houses and like put them on a semi and move them. There's a lot of effort to deal with a new foundation when that's going wrong. There's a lot of effort. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's a hard deal. What's way easier is take a bulldozer and go smack, knock the house down, fix the foundation and build a new house. That's a way easier thing to do. I don't know about you, but I don't want a bulldozer hitting my life and going, start all over. There's moments in our life when we have to check our foundation. What are we making it? What have we made master of our lives? And the easy way to figure that out is what is the deciding factors in my decision-making process? From what I buy to what I, where my time management goes to all the, 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 the functionalities of life. Does God even come in contact? Is he even in that filter? Because if he's not, you better check yourself. Because if how am I raising my kids to love God isn't in the, the filter of when you're making a parenting choice, this is going to be a problem. It might not be today, but it will be. Probably when they turn 13. Our foundation is not made up of what we do or have done. Our foundation has to be God. Uh, if our foundation is built of anger, lust, or lying and greed, it will fall. If our foundation is built on prayer, fasting, and generosity, it will fall. Those are good things. They're the walls. They're not the the foundation. Our foundation is not made up of what we do or have done. Our foundation has to be of God. Will you pray with me this morning? Ben, come on up. God, thank you so much for today. Lord, we ask you to be our foundation. And maybe there's people listening to this this morning that have never even thought of, of making you Lord of their lives and making you the foundation of their lives. They just know that they're not happy with the results of their life, that there's always angst, there's always worry, there's always anxiety, there's always frustration, there's always, everything always seems to fall apart on them. 
And so God, in this moment, in this time, we ask you to, to be the foundation of our life. That right now we would submit to you our lives, our decision-making processes, how we live our life. And say, God, will you be the Lord? Will you be master? Will you take my life? Will you forgive me of my sins and the messes I've made and make me a new creation in you? In Jesus' holy and wonderful name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.